Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I think a big thing for people who are trying to get into the multifamily syndication is not necessarily sell yourself or sell the deal. Just give them the education on what you're doing. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm your host today, Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Chris Salerno. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing phenomenal. How are you, Theo? I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm actually no Chris, so this is our first time actually meeting virtually face-to-face. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and your business. So Chris's background, 25 years old, he had sold more than $40 million in real estate volume and helped lead the number one real estate team in the Carolinas. He is named to the Charlotte's 30 Under 30. 
He leads QC Capital, which is a well-respected high-return investment firm. He's based out of Charlotte, Carolina, and you can say hi to him at qccapitalgroup.com. So Chris, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Theo, for the introduction and best ever listeners. I'm excited to be on here. I started listening to the podcast, I'd say about two years ago to gain my knowledge and education throughout the real estate industry. So I've lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for 13 years, and this is where my family is. Within those 13 years, I focused heavily on real estate and I got into the residential side of selling real estate here locally and very quickly gained a success track record. From that success track record in residential real estate, I landed myself in the position of leading the number one team here in the Carolinas for residential real estate and made them 46% profitable in one year compared to their three years of just being stagnant. And with the education of learning that, I just fell in love with multifamily, especially value-added B and C class assets, because I feel when acquiring those type of assets, they're basically a failing business or they're not extremely profitable as they could be. So I find it very exciting to go in there and make them extremely profitable for our investors. So that's how I got into the multifamily industry and I'd love it ever since. That's interesting the way to look at it. You're basically taking over failing businesses and turning them. So you can have those TV shows where they go into failing businesses and flip them around. I can't remember what it's called, but I got the picture of the guy's face. In, in yeah. So before we dive into the multifamily, let's talk about your time as an agent leading a team. So yep. what were some challenges that you faced? Obviously, a young guy who came into this industry, obviously, we're very successful at it. But obviously, being a manager is tough. Is very much so. Anyone who wants to grow a massive business at some point is going to bring on team members. Maybe talk a little bit about some challenges. Maybe talk a little bit about some tricks you learned about hiring people and kind of anything surrounding being a manager and building a team. Great question. So my big thing was I enjoy studying businesses and not just successful businesses, but failing businesses too, because you can learn a lot from studying a failing business. So before I even got into that role, I just would study different type of businesses like Sears, for example. I've studied Tours R Us, just studied them and why they failed and why they didn't succeed. So when I went into that role, I found a lot of holes we call it the T12, but I'm so used to calling it the PNL. I found a lot of holes in the PNL that needed to be filled to make sure we are tracking the leads better, to make sure that the money that is being spent on advertisement and marketing is being spent properly and we're not just dumping money anywhere. So I really honed in on the PNL and the structure of that to get a good grasp of it to make sure that we are cutting down our expenses and then making sure that the agents who are on the team, their sales role, every agent that joined the team I trained in selling, sell themselves and how to sell a product. So I'd made sure that they were selling themselves at a very high level to make sure that the homes would sell. So that was definitely a big difference is that I had a role into making sure each agent was trained properly and selling at a very high level and then also overlooking to make sure expenses are lower. When you do this deep dive in the P&L, were you at this point already the manager or is this something you did when you were just an agent and then by doing this, they're like, geez, this guy's legit. And then because of that, you became a manager. Yes. This was just me as an agent. I would go in there and all the other agents didn't care about running a business or operating a business. 
but my long-term goal is owning a billion dollar business and running it. So I would always walk into the boss's office and ask him, Hey, can I see your PL? At first he was extremely hesitant, but then he just felt that I just wanted to gain the education that comes behind studying a PL and understanding how money flows in a big business that is over a hundred million dollar revenue business. That's what I thought. So I mean, that, that, that's definitely a great way to obviously get educated, but also to position yourself as a leader and someone who's serious about the business, right? I mean, a lot of people, your typical W2 job, you kind of go in there, you just do what you're told and that's it. Whereas you kind of went above and beyond. You looked at the business and you wanted to actually improve the overall business for the business itself, but also for yourself to learn and to grow as well. So I think that's awesome. So because of that, you think that's one of the reasons why you were eventually able to lead? Was it this same team or was it a different team that you led? No, that was the same team that I led. I was their top salesperson leading that team and training each agent that joined the team. Um, so that was the team that I led. And then going in, making that transition to multifamily, I then cut selling residential real estate off in full. So I do not sell residential real estate and I'm full-time into multifamily syndication. Was it your plan to start off by selling residential and then transition into multifamily the entire time? It was my plan to make that slow transition. But a big thing that I preach to a lot is that when my back's against the wall, I end up doing things that I would normally not do to gain business or to gain the knowledge. And I think that's all of us as humans is when our back's up against the wall, we would end up doing something that we're not normally comfortable in doing. So when I figured that out, I spoke with my coach and I told my coach, Hey, in six months, I'm done selling real estate. And then I called him in a month and I said, I'm done selling real estate. And I made that transition right away. And I took that risk. It is a big risk jumping straight into it, but I will not fail. And that's the only thing I have going is that I will make sure I succeed in it. What was not necessarily the biggest challenge making that jump, Mm -hmm. but after you made that jump, what was the biggest challenge you faced to, I guess, let's just say complete that first deal. What was the hardest part about completing that first deal? Really gaining the knowledge. I think I'm always gaining knowledge and I will always be gaining knowledge and especially in this business. And that's one reason why I love it is because it's always different. It's always transforming. It's not the same thing over and over. So when I first made that transition into multifamily syndication, like I did when I first got into that company's role by giving up my own time to gain the knowledge, I did that in the syndication world here. I met with Dan Hanford, who only lives an hour and a half away from me. And I told him, if you come to Charlotte, anything you do in Charlotte, let me know. I want to shadow you. I want to gain as much knowledge as possible. They acquired a property out in Greenville, South Carolina, and I drove out there two to three times a week. When I first got into the multifamily syndication business, I drove out there two to three times a week, which is about two hours from Charlotte, North Carolina, just to shadow Brandon Abbott, Danny Randazzo, and Dan Hamford to just soak up as much knowledge as possible to help myself close that first deal. So that deal that Dan Hanford did, is that your first deal or is this what you did before you did your first deal? That's what I did before I did my first deal. It actually closes tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. You're basically there. So how long were you doing this gaining knowledge period? How long were you shadowing other successful investors before you started the process of starting your own syndication business? 
Great question. So um, it was about two to two and a half months, but I'll never stop that. Any chance I get to just learn from someone where I want to be and where I want the company to be, I'll always shadow them. I'll always ask questions just to gain the knowledge because to me, that better helps the investors that invest in our deals. Let's talk about this first deal. So you gain all that knowledge from the other successful syndicators. What were the steps you took from, you know, okay, I've got the knowledge, I'm ready to go to, all right, I've got this first deal under contract. What are some of the upfront work that people who want to do what you are doing need to do before they actually sign on the dotted line and put their first deal in the contract? Great question. It's very nerve wracking too. And I started the same way Joe Fairless started. I actually started with no money down. I have a very strong client that I have with QC Capital who trusts me very much that actually lended me $220,000 to put down as hard money for this particular property. So once I found that I had someone who trusted me and trusted my business and my real estate education here in the Charlotte area, once I had that, then I had that footstep to go ahead and put that down for a non-refundable deposit on this particular property. And once I finished with the PSA and all the negotiations in regards to that, and I definitely feel from my residential background side, it's definitely helped me with the negotiation and understanding the contracts to a point here. That right there has definitely helped get and make that transition to getting my first deal under contract. All right. So how did you meet this person? Was it one of your clients you met through residential selling? Great question. So he was one of my clients for residential selling very high net worth individual here in Charlotte, North Carolina with a big public company. And it took me eight months. And I was all about cold calling when I sold residential real estate and scripting. I taught people around the United States and I coached people around the United States in selling real estate. So it took me eight months to get him on the phone. But I finally got him on the phone. And when I did get him on the phone, he bought four houses from me. And then when I was making that transition into multifamily, he called me up and he said, hey, Chris, I want to buy some more single family or condo rentals. And I said, well, let's sit down and talk a little bit. And he always does a business deal over a brewery here in Charlotte. So we went to a brewery and I spoke to him. I said, this is what I'm doing now in multifamily. Your returns are higher. You have higher tax benefits and you don't have to manage the property. You don't have to worry about the tenants. And once I showed him the returns on some of these deals, he invested in myself and I raised capital for another deal. Once he saw that, then he said, okay, this is where I want to park my money for the tax benefits and for the returns. So that's when he trusted me to move forward with this particular deal. And it was a very risky point, but we we're closing tomorrow. So everything turns out good for it. Is he investing in the deal as a passive investor too? Yes. So he's investing as a passive investor as well. And he's also investing in other deals throughout the Carolinas, passively investing. What about your other investors? So you mentioned that when you were presenting this particular, I guess your particular business to this client, you mentioned that you know, here are the returns I've gotten on some of the other deals I raised capital for. So obviously you, you have experience raising capital. What are some tips you have on how you were able to raise all that money without having necessarily done a deal before? Yeah, it's very difficult. And I think the biggest thing is, is really network. If you see me on social media, I'm very active on social media and all the groups, the real estate groups that are on social media that I'm in. So I'm extremely active on social media and I, I try to stay in front of everybody, especially my network that I have 
I'm always reaching out to them. And I think a big thing for people who are trying to get into the multifamily syndication is not necessarily sell yourself or sell the deal. Just give them the education on what you're doing. And once they figure that out, and I have some because this was my first deal, they did not want to invest. And they just said, we want to see how you do your first one, which is totally understandable. And I'm still staying in contact with them and keeping them updated through this process, just like if they would passively invest so they feel comfortable with me. So I say the big thing is, is just making sure you're staying in contact, staying in front of them and just giving them the education of the returns on multifamily real estate, not necessarily selling them on a deal. What percentage of the total capital you've raised so far has come from your residential real estate network? The percentage of the total capital came from, I would say right now around 15 to 20%. And it's growing. I had a couple phone calls yesterday with some high net worth individuals here in Charlotte who actually found me on social media and were having lunch next week in regards to me just being out there and in front of people. But for my network, I'd say about 15, 20% for this particular deal. And where's the rest coming from? The rest is coming from me networking and with my KP and my sponsors as well Mm. who are on the deal. I feel that with your first syndication, actually, I would say... All the syndications, it's always good to have multiple people on the KP and on the sponsor because you're having multiple people see the issue. If an issue arises or if anything comes up, you have multiple people seeing it. So it's very helpful to have multiple people in that position. All right, Chris, besides all the fantastic advice you provided thus far, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever. I would say find someone that is at your goal or where you want to be in the future and find a way to get with them and just soak up as ton of knowledge as possible. I'm willing to fly on a plane to meet my coach and just sit in the same room as him and just soak up as much knowledge as possible. So I would say find someone who's where you want to be and has already hit your goal or have the same goals as you with business and just soak up as much knowledge as possible. All right, Chris, ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. All right, Chris, what's the best ever book you've recently read? I would say Joe Fairless's book. I'm actually currently reading that right now. And that is just phenomenal. I'm gaining the education from it. And that's the best ever apartment syndication book. You can find that on Amazon or besteverbook.com. If your business collapsed today, what would you do next? I'm a big believer in never giving up and focusing on your one thing. I would rebuild the business. I would rebuild it. Besides your first deal or your last deal, and this could be syndication related or any property that you've sold through your residential selling career, what is the best ever deal you've done? 
Best ever deal I've done was actually a single family rental. I bought it off market for $55,000. I found a tenant to pay $1,100 and I had to put a 20% down. I got a conventional loan. I had to put 20% down and in six months, I refinanced that deal. I got my 20% back plus an additional 5% back and it's still renting for $1,100 and it's cash flowing around $550. What about the worst deal you've done? Worst deal I've done, I would have to say going from a flip, dealing with contractors and finding good work and trusting contractors to say they're going to get the job done. So I've learned not to trust contractors saying that they're going to get the job done and oversee their work. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me is at qccapitalgroup.com or chris at qccapitalgroup.com. All right, Chris. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It was, it was nice finally officially meeting you virtually. Lots of solid advice. Just to quickly summarize some of the main takeaways, I really like your perspective about looking at these BC multifamily assets as failing businesses yeah. that you go ahead and essentially turn around and make profitable or more profitable again. I really like that. We also talked about your experience as a residential agent and how <laughs> you would go in there and go to your boss and say, hey, let me see the P&L, the T12. And you take a look at that and you essentially figure out ways to increase the bottom line. And because of this, you were a leader of that team. We talked about your transition to multifamily and how this was kind of your plan all along. You're sort of as an agent and eventually transitioned into multifamily. How your plan was to quit after six months and were able to do that after one month, which is always great to hear. And you mentioned what you did is you essentially found the people who were doing what you wanted to do and just met with them and shadowed them. And it wasn't just virtual meeting or back and forth via email. You literally went out there to a specific deal they were doing multiple times a week, multiple hours worth of driving, and just watched and observed and asked questions to the syndicator. You mentioned Dan Hanford, Danny Randazzo, Brandon Abbott. And you did this for about two to two and a half months. Obviously, you're continuing to do this, but once you did that, you made the transition into your own deal, which you're closing on tomorrow. So once this goes live, you'll be well into that business plan. Yes. And you mentioned that like all new things, this is pretty nerve wracking. And you, we were actually able to start with no money out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. We talked about the client you had met through your residential agent career and how because of your credibility and trust with that person, they actually lended you the non-refundable down payment for that property, which I'm sure was very helpful in, in securing that, that very deal. So. And then we talked about raising capital for your first deal and it's basically comes down to networking. Mm -hmm. And uh, something I really like that you said is you're not selling yourself, you're not selling the deal. You're just educating them on what you got going on. And something else that I think that I never heard this before, because most time when people, you know, they raise money for deals, they they send the deal out to their main database. And then whoever says they want to invest, they kind of like make a new email and then only give those people updates. Whereas you will also include people who said, well, we want to invest, but we want to see how you're doing your first deal. So letting them know and keeping them updated on what's going on on that deal, I'm sure kind of probably elicits that FOMO, that fear of missing out. (laughs) That too, that too, it does tap into that. So then once we close, they're like, oh, wow, I wish I got into it. Exactly. And then your best ever advice, which obviously you live, is find someone who is either at your goal or is doing what you want to do and then find a way to meet with them and soak up as much knowledge as possible, even if that involves getting on a plane and uh, meeting them in person. So again, Chris, really appreciate it. Great advice. Thanks for joining us today. Best ever listeners, thanks for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net 
and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.